Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. Today, we're looking at the four top weaknesses on this Giants team after Week 14's demolition against the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, still lots of football left to some teams. You know, you just cough it up as a bad game. Seems like Brian Dable and Julian Love and some of the leaders on this team are kind of indicating that, you know what, they just kind of kicked our butts and we got to bounce back and have a better performance. I don't think that if you put the Giants up every single week, especially if we're healthy, that we see that level of beat down. You know what I mean? I think probably after, you know, a day after, it seemed like anomaly. I don't think that happens all the time. I think the Giants had a lot of weaknesses, a lot of practice squad of players. You know, what are they supposed to do? Um, you know, you're just kind of going up against a healthier roster. And unfortunately, you know, the Giants caught the short end of the stick on that one. But I'll tell you what, this team does have lots of weaknesses. There are going to be a lot of things to address come the offseason. But right now, um, I think it's fair to look at where those biggest weaknesses lie. Um, we're going to exclude quarterback for this episode because I think that's probably deserving of its own episode entirely, a conversation we should have another day. I also know that a lot of people in the comment section are immediately going right into the comments right now and listing quarterback needs to go. And I get it. I understand. You know, we, we appreciate the responses. We appreciate the, you know, the opinions and thoughts. As, um, but we just want to focus on the other position groups today because I think those are the more clear cut. Uh, situations whereas quarterback we just don't know i know that some people think they should stay some people think he should go but you know daniel jones the coaching staff is really that's what it comes down to what they think we obviously know they need cornerback help they need linebacker help they need receiver help they need offensive line help rank those uh for you guys and obviously would love to hear your thoughts on those specific positions as well and kind of the personnel we have there but anthony before we dive into this how you feeling after kind of the blowout loss yesterday kind of me pushing it into the past at this point in time and looking forward toward a brighter future yeah looking forward toward a brighter future but more specifically looking forward to this upcoming sunday versus washington this is a crucial game for the new york giants of course really hot start to the season starting to slow down here very disappointing and embarrassing loss yesterday to philadelphia i thought the giants would at least keep it close keep it competitive that didn't happen horrible blowout that's not what you want to see but going into this game against washington this is a chance for the giants to right the ship and get back on track they win this game they increase their chances of making the playoffs exponentially and i know that's what brian dable is trying to do be the coach who steps in and instantly makes the playoffs that's what you want to see however long term is this a sustainable roster to win games with absolutely not and that's what we're seeing that's why the giants are struggling to win games right now they have a lot of holes and a lot of weaknesses all over this roster and that was really uncovered and displayed on on the fullest extent uh yesterday versus philadelphia so it's going to be interesting to take a look at some of these positions i i, I know you don't want to talk about the quarterback position that's a real hot topic right now especially as we get towards the final weeks of the season once we reach that offseason that daniel jones debate is going to be scorching hot everyone is going to want to give their hot takes and opinions about daniel jones and what the giants should do at quarterback but right now daniel jones is the starting quarterback of the new york giants he has won them quite a few games he has a bunch of game winning drives this season and we just need to hope and pray that the giants can go out there get that win against washington daniel jones can lead them to that victory and maybe they can string together a few more solid performances get some wins sneak into the playoffs for the first time since 2016 now i understand that the giants don't really look like a playoff team right now they're not going to get a high draft pick if they make the playoffs i don't care it's been six years i need to see the new york giants play some football in the month of january and hopefully in the month of february it 
has been far, far too long. I'm a huge New York Giants fan, so that's the only thing that I want to see at the end of the day. I want to see the Giants make the playoffs, and they can't do that until they fix this roster up a little bit and start winning some of these football games. Yep, absolutely. So let's start out with it. Kind of the biggest weakness, in my opinion, we're going to rank the top four weaknesses in this episode. Number one, in my opinion, you guys may disagree. I think it's the offensive line because I think that the interior offensive line ultimately determines the success of the quarterback. It ultimately determines the success of the receivers and it ultimately determines the success of the running game. Um, right now, passing game, virtually non-existent. Saquon Barkley hasn't rushed for over 63 yards in four weeks now. So you're seeing what is a mountain their offense and what an offensive line can do if they're not performing well now that's not to say the just the interior line played poorly andrew thomas gave up a sack like on the first play of the game and then evan neal gave up a sack and eight total pressure so that's not to say that the offensive tackles didn't struggle as well against a really really potent eagles defensive line and you know give them credit they had a really good game uh but you're looking at the interior there they've had pretty much consecutive bad games for the past couple weeks you know nick gates got his a butt kicked against Washington came out a better game, a better game against the Eagles still wasn't great. Um, nobody really played great on the offensive line. Nader Thomas locked down after that initial sack, but otherwise um, it wasn't that bad. So I think that Nick Gates much better as a center. If there's any place that he should be in the future, it should be at center. If he's not starting, he should at least be a backup there. Left guard, Ben Bredesen. He started out the season good, but he's not a good player. He's probably average at best. And then right guard, Mark Lewinsky has really struggled. I mean, against Eagles, his grades weren't that. I didn't give up that much pressure, but I just don't trust him either. He's really been inconsistent for us, despite signing that three-year $18 million deal. Um, and John Feliciano, I mean, that, he's got to go. I mean, the guy, he, he's he's tough and he's tough as nails, whatever. He's a tough guy. Um, he's got the mentality, like kind of uh, the hog molly mentality, as Dave Gellman would call it. I never want to use that word again. Be freaking nightmares. But I'll tell you this right now, that interior line cannot stay the same. You cannot go into next season with those guys as your everyday players. Now, Josh Azudu, I do believe in him. I think that he is a good young player that has promise. He's a little bit injured right now, I believe. So, you know, it doesn't get the necessary reps that we'd like for him to be experiencing right now. But he has a long way to go. You know, he's a third-round pick. Um, obviously, run blocking a little bit more prominent to his game. Pass blocking has struggled. His feet, his hands, not totally connected just yet. I'd love to continue giving him opportunities and reps, but he shouldn't be starting. Um, this year actually would be the perfect time. Right now would be the perfect time for him to be starting and getting reps just because um, you know, the Giants are kind of going through a tough stretch right now and there's not really other any options. So I think right now would be perfect if he wasn't injured, but I, I still I don't think the existence of Josh Azudu should stop the Giants from going and upgrading that position if they do have an opportunity to do so, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency, um, whether it's via trade. I don't think now they can say, you know, Josh Azudu is our future. I think that if they find a better option, let Azudu continue to develop. Maybe he takes on a different role. Maybe he becomes a kind of a swing, uh, you know, left guard, left tackle, can plug in those roles. It's always a great thing to have really good backups. That's how good teams survive, right? That's how great teams survive. They have very talented backups. So Azudu, if he ends up being a backup and a really good one at that, that's not a bad problem to have if we can find better players to start for us and give our quarterback and receivers and everybody else better opportunities. Center, Nick Gates, I trust him. I think he can do it. I think he can bounce back to have a really good career. Uh, but again, if there's better options and we have an opportunity to get a better option, I'm not hesitating, guys. I'm not like this team, this offensive line has been so bad for so long. I'm not letting any of these guys, aside from Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, stop us from upgrading those those units, right? And like I said, 
love and love Nick Gates. I think Azuda is a good player, but are we really not going to upgrade those spots because we have faith in them? Um, we've seen enough. You know, we know what these guys are. They're good. They're not excellent players. They're young in, in terms of in terms of Azuda. We we just don't know what he is just yet. That's not stopping me from upgrading these units. Glowinski. Do not trust him either. You know, I, I don't think there's a lot of money tied in. I think next year, probably the majority of his cap hit kicks in. So maybe he starts next year and then they move on after that. Um, so we'll kind of see how the Giants go about this. But Anthony, what are your thoughts on the interior offensive line? Personally, I'm not letting anything stop me if I'm the Giants from upgrading those those play, those uh, positions, those players next year. Um, because at this point in time, you're seeing what they're doing on the field and it's, it's simply just not enough. No, it's not enough. I think the interior of the offensive line is absolutely the biggest weakness on the New York Giants roster right now, and it's going to be priority number one for the Giants this offseason. It has to be. If it's not, they're going to blunder this offseason in my eyes because you cannot win games with that offensive line right now. Like Andrew Thomas is great. He's struggling in recent weeks. I think that's a product of having so much garbage piled to the right of him, honestly. He has no one good to help him block on the interior, and they just put a lot of pressure on Andrew Thomas to be the only decent offensive lineman out there Evan Neal really struggling he struggled really badly against against the Eagles he played pretty well against Washington the week prior but overall this season it's been an up and down year for him that's kind of what you expect with a rookie offensive tackle give him some time get him some better players around him and I think that he can also be a really solid player I kind of look at the Giants offensive line as this right now I kind of made this analogy uh, last week but it's like the buns are really nice, but all the meat inside is rotten, right? You've got two bookend offensive tackles on each side of the line, but everything in between is just disgusting and needs to be rid out of there. You got to get rid of those players and you have to rebuild that offensive line. What I really hope that the Giants do, they've got a couple foundational pieces on this line with their left tackle, who's young and all pro level with a right tackle who's got that kind of potential on Evan Neal. What I want to see the Giants do is kind of build what Dallas did for all those great years where they had Tony Romo at quarterback, and it, it didn't matter who they had at running back because their offensive line was just so dominant with Tyron Smith in his prime, Zach Martin, uh, Travis Frederick. You know, they had so many talented players on that offensive line, but it was all homegrown talent. They invested a lot of early picks in the draft into that offensive line, whether that be a first-round pick in Zach Martin, a second-round pick in some of these other guys. Uh, I know Lael Collins was a, undrafted, I think, because he fell out of the draft. They signed him, made him a priority. They built a dominant offensive line for years, and they still have a great offensive line because they continue to build through the draft. They've never given up on that philosophy, and that's what the Giants need to do. They need to start building this offensive line through the draft. They've started it. They got their offensive tackles in the draft, but what about your left guard? What about your right guard? What about your center? And as you mentioned, Alex, I like Joshua Zito. I like the potential that he has, but that doesn't stop me from going out there and drafting someone in the first round to be a dominant all-pro left guard. That's what you go ahead and do. If that's sitting in the Giants' lap when they're picking in the first round, you go ahead and you take that surefire talent on the interior because that's a difference maker right there. You talk about Saquon Barkley not having enough holes. The, the running game is not built well. Okay, we'll get some better offensive linemen for him, and it will be built well. You can have Saquon Barkley dominate if he has good blockers in front of him, but throughout the entirety of his career, we've never seen him have a decent offensive line blocking for him. And same thing with Daniel Jones. We always talk about Daniel Jones being good, Daniel Jones being bad. We really still don't even know what Daniel Jones is because the, the team has not been able to open up the offense because they don't have blockers in front of him. So we'll never know at this point unless they really shirt sure things up this offseason and let Daniel Jones continue as the quarterback next year. But right now, the number one weakness on this team by far is the interior offensive line. The quarterbacks yesterday, not only Daniel Jones, but Tyrod Taylor went in the game. They were sacked seven times. The Giants offensive line let up seven sacks in yesterday's matchup. That is disgusting and completely unacceptable. And again, 
That's not going to get fixed unless the Giants go in this offseason and invest a ton of capital, free agency money, whatever the case might be. Just invest in that offensive line and rebuild it from the ground up. Keep the tackles, everything in the middle. You got to replace Feliciano. I don't need him. Glowinski, don't need him. Even though they're tied into a contract with him, you don't need to keep him. You can let go of him. He's just not that good. Nicky Gates, great backup. Don't think he should be starting. Love everything that he's done for the team. Love his leadership. Think it's an amazing story that he's playing football again. But let's be honest, he should not be on the field on a consistent basis right now. The Giants need to go out there, make massive improvements to that position group if they want to win games and sustain this winning time and make the playoffs year after year. Absolutely. So looking at the number two ranked in our weakest list of Giants units, um, personally, I think I have to go with the linebacker core. I know receivers, another one that we're going to discuss in a moment, but linebackers right now, we have Jalen Smith, you have Tate Crowder, you got Micah McFadden. Um, I think Darian Beavers would be starting right now if it wasn't for his ACL injury, but you know, Tate Crowder obviously is probably on his way out after kind of the public outlash. And I find it interesting that, you know, Rodarius Williams was in, was a hell match again um, after kind of publicly saying, I want to be, you know, playing whatever, whatever. But Tate Crowder played yesterday. So it's just kind of strange to me how this is kind of going on and how this is working out. But ultimately, um, you know, I kind of feel like Jalen Smith is a good backup. He actually shows some pretty good athleticism, some speed. Um, I like him as a really cheap veteran option on the back end. Um, eat him as a reserve, but he is not a guy that I want to start every single week. Uh, Micah McFadden, solid young rookie, fifth round pick out of Indiana. I like him. I think he has some solid tools, but again, he's not ready to be starting at the NFL level. If you're looking at what the Giants should be doing, I think bringing in maybe a veteran next year and drafting a guy in the second or third round is probably where I'm looking for a linebacker uh, to help this unit. Um, but Anthony, when you're looking at the linebacker core, are you thinking it's probably the second weakest? I'd probably say it's one of the weakest in the league, that linebacker unit, definitely one of the weakest in the league, but it has to be addressed ultimately, whether it's be, you know, trade, free agency, or, um, you know, just, I guess, drafting someone. But you have the player, the personnel we have right now, how important is it that we address that spot? I mean, it's very important. I wouldn't say it's more important than interior offensive line. I might even say that the wide receiver position is more of a weakness. I think that the Giants really need an X factor there, but that linebacker position is also super important. The Giants have been shunning that position for like three regimes in a row. They have not made any serious improvements there or tried to find any splash acquisition in that position for like a decade. That position has sucked for the Giants year in and year out, the linebacker position that is. So you're looking at it right now. It's kind of torn to shreds. There were some injuries. They were hoping Blake Martinez would pan out. He didn't. He never recovered from that ACL injury. Now he's retired. Tay Crowder, just not good. Uh, Micah McFadden playing well. Now he's banged up. And they had Darian Beavers, who they drafted in the later rounds of this year's draft. He tore his ACL in the preseason. Looked like he was going to be a bona fide starter for the team. No shot after a torn ACL. So it, it's like the Giants tried to make some improvements this offseason, but for one reason or another, it all just fell apart. They got really unlucky. And that's happened to the Giants a lot this year. A slew of injuries, week in, week out. So many injuries all the time. And it's really damn the Giants season in the second half of the of the year. So when you're looking at that linebacker position, there's definitely room for improvement, a lot of room for improvement. But I got to say, I got to give credit to Joe Shane. He tried to improve the position. He tried to make some moves. It just didn't pan out because of injuries. And that really sucks. So going into this offseason, I'd like to see the Giants probably invest in a solid veteran and free agency to fit Wink Martindale's scheme and be a starting linebacker, an off-ball linebacker in the Giants defense. But I'd also like to see them continue to build with some of these young guys through the draft and see if they can, you know, catch a gem in the middle rounds, basically. Micah McFadden, I think there's a chance he develops into a gem for the team, but that, that remains to be seen. He's a young rookie who's going out there. He doesn't have any 
solid players in front of him. It's kind of just the Micah McFadden show at linebacker right now, which is not what you want. You want to ease these young guys into the lineup, and he's being thrown to the Wolves and just going out there and trying to make a name for himself. And I think that's a lot to put on a rookie a rookie fifth-round pick like Micah McFadden. And even if Darian Beavers was healthy, they would have been asking way too much of him as well. So I think that the Giants are just at a point where – they were left with a very difficult situation, Joe Shane was, where he didn't have a lot of cap space. The draft capital was good, but not enough. And they just, this is a rebuild at the end of the day. The Giants won a lot of games this year, but this is a rebuild year. They're building something really solid that's demonstrated by the amount of wins that they got this year, but they need to make a lot of improvements, and the linebacker position is no different. Yep, that's a fact. And now we look over at the receiver position, I think is probably third on the list. Now, we have been talking about the wide receiver market and free agency for a couple of days now. The wide receiver market and free agency is extremely thin. That's a main Giants have been such a big kind of uh, link with Odell Beckham Jr. Because it's not about a reunion. It's not about the playoffs. It's about having a good receiver who's going to be healthy next year um, instead of having to rely on a free agency market that is going to be extremely thin. Now, guys, you're looking at like Darius Slayton as like one of the better options on the market. There's It is thin as it gets. So, the alternatives, you go and sign OBJ now for a multi-year deal and have him for next season, maybe 2024. Or you look at the draft, you know, Jackson Smith and Jiba at uh, Ohio State. You know, there's a couple of guys who really fit the bill. And, I, of course, you got Wanda Robinson. He has a torn ACL, so he probably won't even be ready um, until maybe the training camp, probably early in the season. Maybe he'll be back. But um, right now I'm kind of sitting here thinking that we're going to have to draft another receiver probably in the first or second round. If I was leaning toward uh, the draft in terms of allocating assets, I'd say the first round is probably where we're looking at right now. Um, this team more, needs more help there. Like end of the day, they need significant amount of help at receiver. So, uh, you know, we, we've talked about an interior offensive line. We talked about linebacker. We've talked about receiver. They're going to have to address all these positions, but you don't have, multiple first round picks you got one first round pick right so like what do you do here Who, which position really gets the biggest uh asset what gets the biggest piece of draft capital interesting i guess you probably just go best player available at whatever position comes along um and at whatever spot we land at which seems to be probably in the 20s range right now unless we lose the rest of our games and maybe we sneak into the uh maybe i don't know the 15 to 20 range so it should be interesting anthony but when you're looking at the receiver spot I know you know it's important to address this spot, but how do you go about skirting around free agency to add more pieces? Because right now you, you can't rely on free agency to be that primary method um, of injecting talent into it. Yeah, you can't rely on free agency to find you a wide receiver. The only one who's really worth signing is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. And I know that the Giants had him in for an interview. There's been a whole lot of chatter about OBJ in recent weeks and, you know, his free agency tour that he just went on. The fact that he's probably not even going to play in the regular season. A really weird situation there. But when you look ahead to March and you see who's going to be on the open market at the receiver position, OBJ is the most prominent name and the most effective player at that position. So the Giants are going to need to get creative whether that be making a splash trade now that's something that we've seen as well right we saw the buffalo bills with joe shane brian dable they had something special in josh allen but they knew that in order to unlock the next level of josh allen they had to go out there and trade for an all pro caliber wide receiver they did that with stefan diggs and all of a sudden josh allen was an mvp candidate it wouldn't be shocking to me to see the giants go out there and make some sort of a splash trade like that you even see with Derek carr how much better he's been this year not he is Devontae adams to throw to sometimes it really 
really makes that big of a difference when a quarterback has a superstar receiver to throw the ball to. And even Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson, he's been a much better player ever since they drafted him. So whether the Giants go ahead in the first round and try and find the next Justin Jefferson, or they go into free agency and try and sign someone solid or make a big splash trade and find the next Stephon Diggs, they got to make a move because this, this receiving core is just putrid. I mean, listen, credit to the guys who have stepped up and made the plays. Isaiah Hodgins is one of them. Darius Slayton is one of them. But all of these guys are basically practice squad players. They're fringe roster players on the bubble, and the Giants just have to make it work, which is the last thing you want to see. Injuries play a big part in that. Of course, Sterling Shepard being down for the year, a really talented young player, and Wandale Robinson being done for the year. The Giants had some moves that they made. They had some players on this roster that could have made this a decent receiving core, but it's not enough when you get all these injuries and you just don't have the depth on the roster. So going into the offseason, I think the wide receiver is going to be a top priority for the Giants. Of course, interior offensive line is number one to me, but number two to me is wide receiver because I think that we have a lot of conversations about Daniel Jones trying to unlock that next level of his game. Is he a franchise quarterback? I don't think you truly know the answer to that until you get him a franchise receiver or at least someone really solid to go out there day in and day out and make some receptions. We thought we were getting that with Kenny Galladay. We were wrong. He is completely phoned it in. He got his paycheck and he basically disappeared into the void. So we can go out there this offseason, try and find someone reliable for Daniel Jones and see what he has. And another thing that I'll say is a wide receiver is going to make Saquon Barkley and the running game better as well. Defenses aren't going to stack the box anticipating the run when you've got a guy on the outside who can beat you over the top and basically kill your defense single-handedly. When you have that elite receiver outside, it opens things up in the running game. You see that over in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon had a phenomenal year last year because Jamar Chase was on the outside threatening opposing corners and opposing safeties every single play. So the Giants need to make that a priority. Go out there, get an elite, elite, very talented wide receiver. That will open things up for your quarterback. And for your running back, it'll be completely different offense. Once they have a receiver in there, it'll be dynamic. It'll be game changing. It's a major point of emphasis for the Giants going into this offseason. Yeah, and it has to be. And looking at the last weakness on this, uh, it's going to be cornerback. I mean, I really like Adore Jackson. He's been tremendous for us up to this point. Um, obviously injured because the coaching staff decided he was going to return kicks, which was the dumbest idea. Like, talk about the stupidest idea I've ever seen from a coaching staff. That was it. Like every single person that reacted to that said the same thing. He is going to get hurt. He's going to miss time. And we're going to end up being screwed because of it. And what do you know? You know, we're freaking screwed because we don't have a Dory Jackson. I mean, we had Nick McLeod on AJ Brown yesterday, bro. This is, it doesn't get worse than that. You know, we had a practice squad guy and one of the best receivers in the game. And, you know, Jackson was really, really good up to the, up to the point where he was injured. So it's unfortunate. But looking into the future, still got a Dory Jackson for 2023. Um, his cap number is about 19.5 million. So it's a pretty significant number there. If they were to cut him, they would save $9 million. But I just don't see how you're able to, how, if you're able to cut him right now. I, I mean, you know, at this point in time, the Giants don't have enough capital to actually replace him. You know what I mean? Like Dory Jackson is probably one of, if not our best secondary piece, you know, probably neck and neck with uh, Xavier McKinney right now. Um, I don't know how you replace a Dory Jackson. You really can't because as you mentioned, the, the Giants do need down the road. I don't think you need to cut him either. I think I'd rather cut Leonard Williams than a Dory Jackson personally, uh, simply because we have good defensive line pieces and you've got Dexter Lawrence still, you got a uh, cave on you got a, um, you have Aziz Ojolari who was tremendous yesterday. Uh, but you don't have a guy that can replace a Dory Jackson. And as we know, um, Aaron Robinson suffered a partially torn ACL and fully torn MCL. So tough to uh, combat those things. But, you know, 
another position. How do you address this? Cordell Flott is not a CB1. I don't think he's ever going to be a CB1. He's probably more so going to be a reserve guy. Has not really shown that level of growth. We need to see, of course, you know, he's a rookie, so he could take big steps forward. He gets a little older, gets a little bit more size to his frame. I'm not going to rule any of that out, but, you know, probably CB2 is, 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 is his ceiling. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, what are your thoughts on the cornerback position? And how do you address that? Maybe you look at the free agent market to address cornerback and you utilize your draft uh, to go out and, and address linebacker and maybe get an interior offensive lineman in the third round or so. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. And I think we'll we'll be able to determine that more once we know where the Giants are picking in the draft. And once we see, you know, who's on the open market and free agency, you never know who gets cut or who's on the trading block. But of course, the the cornerback position is one that the Giants need to shore up. And I think that Adoree Jackson is a very competent CB1, a very solid player. The injury is super unfortunate and it has completely shredded the defense. Uh, it, without Adoree Jackson in, in the lineup, it's a completely different defense from what we saw in the beginning weeks of the season. That was a major impact. Uh, losing to Dory Jackson for the Giants. But going into this offseason, I think that they do need to add another veteran to the mix, another really solid veteran cornerback who can pretty much lock down a receiver uh, whenever he needs to uh, alongside a Dory Jackson. Because I think Jackson is a very good CB1, but who is that CB2 for the Giants? And now that a Dory Jackson is out of the lineup, it's just been a scramble to find guys who can even play. And I think that's your main weakness in that position group is the lack of depth. The Giants do have a lot of young guys that they want to develop, but I don't know if they're developing them developing them the right way by just throwing them to the wolves. Kind of similar to you know players that we talked about earlier with Michael McFadden and them. These young guys that the Giants draft are not meant to play immediately. They're meant to sit, wait, get better at the sport, and then go out there and play once they're wet, ready. And these guys are just not ready to play. And this guy, Guys like Zion Gilbert, I think Rodarius Williams might be, but clearly his mentality and his complaint on social media kind of damned him there. Uh, Darnay Holmes has been getting better year by year, but still, I don't want him starting on the outside game in and game out. I think that he's better working out of the slot. You're just seeing a major lack of depth at this position. So whether the Giants go out there in the free agency and actually get a starting outside cornerback, or if they sign a couple of veterans who can be solid depth for the team, one of the two solutions needs to happen. And they do need to continue to invest capital in the draft later in the rounds on some of these young guys, because eventually you'll find some solid contributors. You will get some guys later in the draft who can develop into something decent, but you don't want those late round guys starting games. You want to get some veterans who can start those games for you. And I think that's going to be the main priority for the Giants in the secondary this offseason. Go out there, get some veteran corners who can start for you on the outside and you don't have to rely on these young inexperienced players to go out there because cornerback is very much a position of experience if you have experience out there you can read a receiver better you can read a quarterback better but when you're an inexperienced cornerback a rookie separate stepping into the nfl and getting your first action against a talented pro bowl level wide receiver it's, it's basically game over before it even starts because you don't have the experience that you need to match up against a guy like that unless you're an otherworldly talent like Sauce Gardner. And not every cornerback is Sauce Gardner. In fact, Sauce Gardner is Sauce Gardner, and no one else is on that level right now in terms of young cornerbacks. So the Giants need to make it a point of emphasis to find those veterans, find those experienced guys who've gone up against that top-level competition before, and that's pretty much how you can fix that cornerback group in my eyes. Just get some guys who've been there before, won some games in the NFL, and faced some good competition. And I think you'll see a much more improved position group if they go through that formula next season. Absolutely. And look, 
we talked about how thin the, the wide receiver free agency class was. The cornerback free agency class is extremely deep. There is a lot. I mean, you're talking Marcus Peters, Bradley Roby, James Bradbury, Jonathan Jones, Anthony Brown, who's having a tremendous year for Dallas, Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, um, Patrick Peterson, a nice veteran piece there. Eli Apple jokes, never keep that guy out of here. Kyle Fuller, PJ Williams, you know, already Barry Murphy, Rocky Asin. Uh, yeah, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Trey Flowers. There's a lot, a ton of uh, even Greedy Williams from Cleveland, probably a cheaper option. Uh, Bryce Callahan. I mean, they had got a lot of free agents um, in 2023. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The, obviously, the Giants are going to have their pick. They'll probably get a couple. Uh, maybe they get two guys and they retain Adore Jackson. Um there's a lot of options, right? You can you can attack the quarterback position in free agency and use your draft capital on linebacker, receiver, and on interior offensive line. You could even go. We'll, we'll do another video looking at the free agents and for each individual position. But you could probably look at like interior offensive line, free agency. Probably look because you know the positions that normally take a little bit more time to develop. Rookie receivers can have instant impacts. You know, look like Devonta Smith. You know, Michael Pittman. There are guys that come in, step in, and have even Garrett Wilson for the Jets. I'd say you probably look interior offensive line and cornerback for free agency, and go linebacker and wide receiver in the draft. So you know, I about it, but we'll talk about this more in the future, guys. I'd love to hear perspectives and opinions below on this episode. The things we've discussed. Hope you guys have a tremendous rest of your day. Like and subscribe as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode. 